Be Christ's Church. Impact the valley. Reach the world. All for the glory of King Jesus. Welcome to the North Roanoke Podcast. Today, our lead pastor, Daniel Palmer, will be opening God's word for us. Our prayer is that you will encounter the living Lord as you hear his word proclaimed. At this time, we uh, celebrate the lighting of our final candle in the Advent wreath. The first week of Advent, we lit the candle of prophecy. The second candle was the Bethlehem candle. And the third week of Advent, we lit the shepherd's candle. Last week, we lit the angel's candle. And today, we light the Christ candle. This candle reminds us that the waiting is over. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has been born. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The promise was given. And now, I'll read it for you. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7. And the child was born, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. For the grace of God has appeared, Paul tells us, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for Himself a people for His own possession, zealous for good deeds. Would you pray with me? God, thank You that the Redeemer has come, that the Son has come, that the anointed King in David's line has come. Thank You that because... God wrapped Himself in our humanity that human death has been defeated in Christ. God, remind us tonight of the high cost of our liberty. God, remind us that our our freedom from sin and to live for God has been purchased at the high price of the blood of our Redeemer, which is possible because He came at Christmas. God, thank You for the amazing gift of Jesus. Help us to live in accordance with with the magnitude of the gift that we've received. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and we'll sing together. some cap 
shall come to thee, O Israel. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. He has come for us, this Jesus. He's the hope for all mankind. He has come. Hallelujah. 
Amen. You may be seated. Like four of you were clapping. Um, that was really good. Let's give our musicians a hand. As we, as we continue uh, to contemplate Christmas through the lens of Scripture, I want to share with you one of my favorite Christmas passages. You may not consider it a Christmas passage, but after you hear it, uh, I think you'll understand why I consider this one of the most profound Christmas passages that there is. We begin in heaven with God the Son and His consideration of coming on a rescue mission. This is what Paul says about that. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made Himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. As we continue to contemplate the Christmas story through the lens of Scripture, I want to share with you from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning in verse 30, when the birth of Jesus is being announced, being foretold by the angel. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your Elizabeth, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And then the angel says this. For nothing will be impossible with God. That's true because the Son of God left the throne above to be our Redeemer. And I don't know about you, but that's worthy of our celebration. Thank you, choir, for your ministry this evening, and thank you, church, for your being here tonight. Christmas comes every 12 months, if you weren't aware of that. And in the life of a pastor, it seems like it comes every 30 minutes. Sometimes it's hard to know what to say on this night, because you feel like you've already exhausted all that there is to say. And so I I consulted some people and said, what are you you thinking about? And 
uh, Lynn Wampler, our kids minister, said, you know, I've just been meditating on the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. And in our family devotions, uh, in the morning around Christmas, we have this, um, this neat little uh, thing on the names of Jesus. And it just so happens that one of the 12 names of Jesus that we read in the 12 days prior to Christmas happens to be Jesus is the light of the world. And so this, this convergence of talking to my wife about, you know, what can I say that's unique or different? And then Lynn and conversation a couple days ago said, you know, I've just been thinking about this, this idea that Jesus is the light of the world. Um, that's where we're going to be tonight. Jesus is the light of the world. And as we begin, I want to let you in, in the way of illustration, on a little secret. I really enjoy Christmas lights. Anybody else out there like Christmas lights? I, I love them. It, I like the tacky ones. I like the classy ones. I like the intentionally wacky ones. It really doesn't matter. Putting up Christmas lights, there's, there's something powerful about it, you know? Daylight savings comes and darkness gets earlier and earlier and earlier. And then you put the Christmas lights on. It's like, I'm going to push back the darkness a little bit. Christmas lights go up and the sun goes down and, and the darkness is, it becomes something more than darkness, right? It becomes a canvas on which the glorious artistry of the lights of Christmas are displayed. God, God made a world that can't survive without light. Without light, there would be no photosynthesis, no vegetation, no life. And, and even if you could live without light, it would be a rather dark existence, pun intended. Some of you catch that later. Um, we, we wouldn't be able to see anything. We wouldn't see anything of the color and the, the beauty of life. We would be living but blinded by darkness. This, this idea of living in darkness permeates the Scriptures as a metaphor or an analogy for the reality of our spiritual lives without communion with God. You were made to have a relationship with God, to enjoy Him, to glorify Him, and to, and to know Him, but sin turned the lights out in life. And, praise God, we celebrate Christmas because God came down. The light of the world in Christ has come. First thing I want to share with you tonight is this, before we partake of the Lord's Supper, left to ourselves, every single person on the planet lives in spiritual darkness. There's no one who's exempt from the reality of spiritual darkness. Without Jesus, our spiritual reality, your spiritual reality, unless you know Christ, is a blinding, imprisoning darkness. That's how the Bible describes it. Sin plunged humanity into darkness, into a life of spiritual death, a life separated from God's love and His light, a life that takes pleasure in what the Bible calls the deeds done in darkness, a life that keeps tripping over itself in the service of Satan and which lives in constant dread of what the Bible calls the shadow of death. Paul in Colossians 1.13 summarizes this existence outside of Christ. He says, we once lived in the domain of of darkness. If you don't know Christ, the sun can come up in the morning, but you're still living in darkness. Unforgiven sinners live in a prison, Isaiah tells us, of blinding spiritual darkness all day long. That's the picture of our condition 
apart from Jesus. And it's one of the reasons that I love the story of the coming of Christ at Christmas. You see, Christmas is the story of God keeping His promise to send His Son and David's King to conquer the darkness, the spiritual darkness of our lives. And to understand this, we need to see secondly, that God promised to send His Son and Israel's King as the remedy for our darkness. The darkness could be remedied by none other than God Himself. So God, in the person of His Son, would come on a rescue mission. In the book of Isaiah, God promised to send His Son as Savior and King who would bring the light of God to banish the darkness in our lives. Lives which are subject to sin and its penalty, which is everlasting death, separated from the favorable presence of God. But Isaiah said Jesus would come. And that Jesus would change and upend darkness. He says this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. Later in the same book, the prophet says that the light of his God's Son and of the anointed King won't just be for Israelites, but it will be for anyone from any nation who follows this Messiah, this King, and this Son. He says it this way. I love this verse in Isaiah 49.6. It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you, listen for it, as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. And the wonder of Christmas is that thirdly, God's Son came down to be conceived in the darkness of Mary's womb so that He could make light in our lives by bringing us together with God. That we could have communion with God. At the end of Zechariah's prophecy in Luke 1, 79, Zechariah says this, Jesus will give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. He connects light and peace. To have peace in our hearts, we have to have and know the light of God. In Luke chapter 2, verse 9, an angel of the Lord appears. You remember the story. The angel appears in the night sky, and the glory of the Lord shines around the shepherds. What a beautiful birth announcement. The glorious light of the glory of God among the shepherds in the middle of those pitch black fields outside of Bethlehem foreshadowing the significance of the baby that they're asked to go and meet. The arrival of this baby in Bethlehem is, is not a reason, the angel tells them, it's not a reason to fear, but rather a reason to rejoice. You hear the words of the angel in your mind's eye, can't you? Fear not, for behold, I, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. God didn't send Jesus to bring fear to your life. To bring despair and dread. He sent Jesus to remove it. For anyone who trusts in Christ and becomes a part of the people of God. Did you, you hear that? Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. These are the people of God. Those who are adopted into the family through faith in the long-awaited, now-arrived, promised Son of God. Why are the shepherds told not to fear Probably because they were afraid. And I can tell you that the sudden emergence of light in pitch blackness can induce fear. I had an EEG 
just a couple of weeks ago. They put 27 leads on my head. It took them forever to do it. I was like, how long is this test going to be? He was like, it's going to take me longer to get the leads on your head than for you to finish the test. Great. So I'm hanging out in this dark room. I'm sleep deprived, trying to find out what's going on inside of this crazy brain of mine. And first test is flashing lights. Pitch black room and then... Let me tell you, that can induce a little fear in your life. But the promise of Christmas is that Jesus didn't come to just be a flash of light at you. He came to be the light of God in you. He came to conquer the darkness of sin and death with His very satisfying presence. Jesus didn't come to just make a point. He came to make you new on the inside. And this is possible because of who Jesus is. The fourth thing I want to share with you tonight is Jesus can conquer the darkness of sin and death because He is God-made flesh, the light of the world. When the angel announces Jesus' birth, it's, it's good news, not just because a baby's been born. I mean, we always get excited when a baby's born, right? But it's not just any baby. It is that the baby has been born. In verse 11 of Luke 2, the angel explains the reason for joy. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Rescuer, a Deliverer, who is Christ the Lord. What does He deliver us from? What does He rescue us from? He rescues us from darkness. Sin and death and disease and calamity. We just sang joy to the world that He's going to remove as far as the curse of sin is found, He's going to conquer it. His coming is proof of that, and you can participate in it if you'll trust Him. Here in one verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 11, we have both the humanity and the deity of Jesus. Jesus is born, which means He's a flesh and blood human being, conceived in the flesh and blood of His mother. God the, the light descended into the darkness of Mary's womb so that He could conquer the darkness of a human tomb. Jesus is God. And he's God in the flesh. We know that He's God because He's not just the Christ, the anointed Messiah. He is Christ the Lord. Christ who is Yahweh, the Son of God and God the Son, coming down to conquer death and give us life in Himself. And if we, if we doubt this, we only need to turn to John's Gospel. And he begins his Gospel in this way, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In other words, He is God the Word, and He is God. All things, not all things except something, all things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Do you have spiritual life tonight? Spiritual life in Christ is the means by which we have the light of God in our lives. And this is only possible through Jesus, because Jesus is righteous in place of the unrighteous. Isaiah said this would happen. He told us about this King who would come. This is what Isaiah says in chapter 42, 6 and 7. I am the Lord, I have called you, meaning the Messiah. I've called you, listen, in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, listen, a light for the nations, to open eyes that are blind, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison of those who sit in 
darkness. Do you know this darkness conquering king? Who though he was tempted in every way as we are, Hebrews says, was not a sinner. He never yielded to the temptation to sin. Not in his thoughts, not in his deeds, not in his disposition, not in his motivation. He lived perfectly for the Father. So that in going to the cross to pay the penalty for your sin, that it would be wiped, a, sl- a slate wiped clean. That his life that he lived would count in the place of the life that you should have lived and didn't. And that his death would stand in your place so that your sins could be forgiven and you could stand acquitted before a holy God. That's why Jesus came down. He came to die for sin and to rescue sinners from the darkness of death, which He conquered through His resurrection. So the choices tonight are clear. We can pay the penalty for our sin, or we can trust in Christ who paid the penalty and conquered death. Those are the options. Jesus, the light of the world, has come. He came to open our eyes to His glorious light, the light of God's presence, and to remove the dread of everlasting death and judgment and give us true and everlasting life with Him through His resurrection and His soon return. Do you have this life tonight that is found in Jesus? Where there is darkness, there is confusion and fear and dread The very opposite of peace. Do you have peace with God and peace within because you belong to Christ? And if tonight you say, I'm not sure that I do, hear the promise of Jesus. Whoever follows Him, John 8, 12, will have the light of life. Let me tease that out for us as we near our close. Those who believe in Jesus, those who believe in Jesus can leave the darkness And have the light of peace with God. That's the hope of Christmas. Before the angels leave the shepherds, they say in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Well, who in the world is God pleased with? I'm here to tell you tonight, anybody who will call upon the name of the Lord. John says, in, Jesus says in John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light. Listen to this promise. So that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Are you in darkness tonight? I want to urge you to step into the light. Because when, when God saves you, it's a miracle. Something miraculous happens on the inside of you. You go from feeling guilt and death and condemnation and fear of God's return to, wow, I'm forgiven. Come on, God. I can't wait to stand with you and before you because you have conquered death in my place. When God saves you, you become like those Christmas lights. Glowing against a pitch black sky. Pointing the way to your Savior who is the light of the world. God God didn't save you. You say tonight, well, I've trusted Jesus. Well, then let me challenge you for a second. God did not save you to sit in a pew all your life. God didn't save you to sulk. He didn't didn't save you to pout. He saved you to shine for Jesus. Paul says this, At one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 
Peter says it this way, Jesus bought us with His blood so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Do you remember how this began? you remember the promise? Adam and Eve sinned and then God promises in Genesis 3.15 that He's going to send a son who's going to be the remedy. And then we're like, well, how are we going to identify the son? And God's like, good question. Hey, Abraham, I'm going to send you to a land that you've never known of, but you're going to go and uh, all the promises that I've made to rescue humanity, they're going to come through your son. What? I'm old. I can't have a son. Hey, Abraham, go outside and look up at the stars in the sky. See if you can count them. Because you're going to have more sons and daughters than you can number stars in the sky. And how is it going to happen? It's going to happen through one son, and his name is Jesus, and he is the light of the world. And why do you suppose that God took Abraham out under the stars to make this illustration? Because Philippians 2.15 now says that those who know Jesus, who belong to Jesus, who've been rescued by Jesus, who have life in Jesus, who know that death can't hold you because you belong to Jesus, that you now shine as lights in a dark world. Your stars through faith in the sun. Do you desire the favor of God and the peace of God and the forgiveness of sins and a life of mission and purpose and identity that brings the light of God to your life as you bring light to the world? There's only one person in one place in which you can find it and it is in Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Tonight, we're going to share in the Lord's Supper. If you don't know this King, I would ask that as the elements pass, that you would let the elements pass by. The elements are a sign of the way that we internalize Jesus. That we trust in Him. We acknowledge that He had to die in our place and be raised for us to have life. But if you know this King, and you've got the light of the world living on the inside, then I would encourage you to partake of the elements. But as our deacons prepare in the back, I want to pray for us. Would you bow with me? God in heaven, we thank you that Jesus has come to bring light to the dark places of our lives. God, I pray right now for the one who does not know you that that this would not just be a Christmas Eve message, but God, that they would linger tonight at the close of the service. If there's, if there's anyone who's ready to call upon the name of the Lord and, and know Jesus, the light of the world, I, I pray, God, that you would save them tonight, that you would give them the liberty to, to talk with me or, or any of these deacons who are serving or Lynn, our kids minister, or Paul on this stage. God, if, if they would just cry out to someone and say, I need Jesus, I pray you'd give them the liberty to say that tonight and to find healing and salvation and light through Jesus Christ. And God, for those of us who know you, in just, just a moment, the, the plates are going to pass and we're going to contemplate and consider the, the elements, the, the bread and the, the crushed fruit of the vine, representing your body and your blood in our place. God, I, I pray tonight that you would give us the liberty to examine ourselves, to ask, are we radiating the light of Christ into a dark and dying world? Because God, you are worthy. Your sacrifice is worthy of our very best. And God, we know that it's only possible that we serve you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we ask God that you would fill us afresh 
with a gratitude that leads us to shine for Jesus. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we consider the Lord's Supper, I want to share with you one verse from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. You remember Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple for the rites of purification. And there's a man named Simeon there who's been promised that before he dies, he'll hold the Savior of the world. But that salvation is going to be costly. He says to Mary, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. The question tonight as we come to the Lord's Supper is what are your thoughts about Jesus? Do you think it's simply grotesque and not needed, the cross of Christ? Or do you look to the cross of Christ and say, He was there for me. Without Him, I am nothing. Isaiah, we considered a lot of what he said during the message. He says this about that saving Son who will be the light of the world. In Isaiah 53, he says this, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds, we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Got a good Savior, amen? This is a living illustration of the message I just preached. Because Jesus is the light of the world, and because we are His people, if you know Him by faith in Christ, He gives us Himself as light. And as those who know Christ the light, even the darkness of the world cannot overcome it. Would you pray with me? God, we give You praise for the promise of Christmas. Lord, so much joy and anticipation in this room on the one hand and on the other hand, God, I know uh, with it being a season of, of family and holiday that, that we look back over the year and even the years and we, we remember lots of things and lots of people that, God, we, we miss. But Lord, we thank you that no matter where we find ourselves that Chris, this Christmas, that if we find ourselves in Christ, that if our faith is in Him, God, no matter what's happened, God, no matter what is happening, that you are the Prince of Peace and the light of the world overcoming the dark places of our lives. God, we ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to live as the light of the world in 2022, that Christ would be magnified through our church and through our lives. We pray it for his glory and in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the North Roanoke Podcast. You can connect with us at northroanoke.org or download our app in your device's app store. Just search for North Roanoke. We hope to meet you soon.